0: Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. The title of the message is called Back to Your First Love. Look to your neighbor and say, go back to your first love. Amen. Amen. God, let's pray. And uh, you guys are ready to eat and chew on this word? Amen. Father God, I just thank you, O oh God, that your spirit is here, Lord. God, nothing I say or do could change anybody, God, but your spirit can. And I pray that you go before me, O oh God, that you prepare every heart here, Lord, that everything that is spoken today, God, would be powerful, O oh God. It would be anointed, O oh God. It would not be me whatsoever, but it would be all of you, Lord God. And I just pray that people leave here changed and transformed, and they won't leave here the same way they came in. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Does anyone here remember uh, the the first thing you were really good at? If you, if you kind of remember, I mean, some, some people were good at uh, putting together puzzles. Some people were good at, um, you know, uh, putting together connects <laughs> when you were younger you kind of had a little passion for you know as you were growing up For me man, I-, I discovered pretty quickly. I was good at dancing No one showed me how to dance, but I was just messing around in the mirror one day And so I just started you know popping the lock in I was just like whoa And so I was like, you know I watched some videos here and there, but I just started to teach myself and all of a sudden I started to pop and lock and I was like, I love this. I'm really good at this. Yeah, so I would show my friends or whatever I mean, I was so obsessed with it. I mean, even when I opened the refrigerator and there was nothing in there, and I, you know, you know, us guys know we go back to the refrigerator five, six, seven, eight times, and still nothing has changed, but we're there. But so while I was doing that, instead of just waiting and looking, I would just practice my dancing skills. You know what I'm saying? Just practicing. Well, I was like, what are you doing? Well, I'm just popping, locking, popping, locking. <laughs> I knew mean, you went so far to buy an anoleum. Anybody know what an is? It's kind of like a wooden floor that you could roll out, board at the Home Depot. I was like, I want to break dance in the streets. So I, I remember <clears throat> teaching some friends how to break dance. I remember teaching them how to freeze. Um, it goes like this. Still got it. Little, little tired. You know, I'm tired, but, (laughs) but yeah. Freezing, uh, handstands, man. I love dancing. No one, no one told me to or to not dance. I just love to dance. And so, kind of evolved. I started the dance team, guys. In high school, we, I I ran a dance team in um, in the church. We travel. We share testimonies. You know, at first, I danced for myself to make myself, you know, become famous. I was on MTV and stuff like that. But. Once I gave my life to God, I was like, man, I want to use this for you. And so I got around a lot of people who were really good dancers, and I wanted to get better and better. Before you know what, I became a dance teacher at L.A. Dance uh, School of Forming of Arts. And I just loved dancing. Um, it kind of became natural to me. It definitely wasn't the best and still not the best, but what I have, it was good enough, yeah? Does anybody here remember the first time any married folk in the house? Any married folk in the house? (laughs) Do you guys remember the first time you fell in love? Yeah. Oh, you guys are doing better than that. What about the guys? (laughs) Oh, man. You know, when you first fall in love with your spouse, there's a first for everything, right? I mean, wow, we're going to go to church together for the first time, and we're going to worship together. Wow, this is amazing. I'm next to my future wife and we're just worshiping together. Man, this is, this is definitely God. I feel the spirit, you know. We're on the same page, right? What about the first time um, you guys went to your family's houses and you went for the holidays? Man, that's exciting. Going with Christmas and Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, or even the first time you went to Six Flags or went on a roller coaster together. Yeah? Me and me, Liz, for instance, a uh, quick story. Um, I was just friends with her, and I was friends with her aunt. I, I was invited to go to Six Flags with them, and I was in the middle of free fall. Anybody been on free fall before? Yeah, I would never go on that except that they told me to and uh, called me names if I didn't. So I went on it, and I was in between Elizabeth, my wife, and um, my, uh, my her aunt, Sylvia. And as we were going up, I was like, oh, my God, Lord, oh, my God. And so God told me right there, and then this these people are going to be in your life for the rest of your life. And I was like, I don't even know them like that. <laughs> I was like, all right. He's like, I felt safe, almost as like this is going to happen. I was like, okay, let's just go on this wild adventure. So then right there and then I knew that. And God is right. I'm married to <laughs> married to Elizabeth, so um, good stuff, good stuff. Anybody remember also when maybe you've been to a plague in the city? Man, all these exciting things when you when you first start out in love. um, and sometimes you look back and you think, man, I wish I could go back to those days. But you know what? Uh, I think that if you grow more and more love, more mature love, that things begin to evolve differently than, than just emotional feelings, yeah? But it's so good. It's good times. I mean, you, you look forward to getting engaged. You look forward to getting married. Everything's a first. Um, but does anyone here remember the first time you gave your life to Christ? If you have. If you have at any point in your life, you, you remember... As Pastor Rose said before, I think it was great he shared that because I think it goes right along with the message. <clears throat> if you could uh, make the mic a little louder. Um, that for me, man, everyone's experience is different. Everyone's experience is here the way they encountered God, the way they uh, have maybe learned about God. Or maybe you, um, some of you, it might have been in your home. Some of you, it might have been um, at an event. It might be at church. It might have been at your worst point. I mean, for me, man, I was empty, I was broken, I was bitter, I had a void in my heart, I was all about the wrong things at a young age, I was 14 years old, I knew about God, plenty of it, but I did not know God at all, um, in a, in a, as a personal relationship, man, and God got me at an inconvenient time, I thought, I guess, but it really was a low point for me. And listen, I grabbed hold of God so tightly because it was the most realest thing to me at that time. It was the most securest thing, uh, the the most love I've ever experienced or felt. And so that first love for me, I can honestly say that really was a life-changing true love, that encounter with God. Man, I would do anything I would go anywhere. But no one had to tell me because God was so real in my life. He revealed himself. I mean, some people, it's a slow process. Some people just change automatically. But listen, each, each person's development is zone, but each encounter might be different, but it's the same Jesus, and it's the same spirit. Amen? Anybody ever watch a Netflix? Yeah, some more than others. Uh, for me, I watch a lot of Netflix because I don't have television. <laughs> I chose not to pay for television to save on some money, but I got Wi-Fi, and so I've watched plenty of Netflix and Hulu and the news and YouTube and stuff like that. And so, me and uh, Liz, every night before we go to bed, we usually watch a couple of episodes of a, of a season of something. I mean, I've gone through The Last Kingdom. Anybody watch The Last Kingdom? Contagion, uh, which was like a, a virus um, between, Z Nation, the list goes on. And do no, you know what stinks about it, though? That you're kind of like going through one or two seasons, and there's like three more seasons that are available, but they don't show on Netflix till like five years later. <laughs> and you're waiting for it. I mean, unless you had TV, maybe you could catch it on TV. but well, Otherwise, you're stuck. <laughs> so I started watching a show called Greenleaf. Um, it's a show... Uh, about a church, a mega church, and Oprah kind of was one of the producers, it's on her TV show called Own, has anyone seen Greenleaf? It's pretty good, it's really good, it's, it is, oh, uh, <laughs> you'll think about a lot of things a lot differently when you watch the show, but it, um, it's about a mega church and a family who are pastors, and, and they are all about church, they're definitely very wealthy, um, And they have a huge church. And from the outside looking in, this church looks like they got it all together. I mean, they preach with enthusiasm. They're on point. But behind closed doors, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of lies and and scandals. There's a scandalous family. It's like, what in the world is going on? And you're hooked on this show because you're like, well, what's going to happen next, right? And And all of a sudden, things keep are happening where things are coming out of the closet and, and things are being revealed about the family. But anyway, I want to get to this person in the family. It was the pastor's daughter. And so the pastor's daughter, Gigi, they always say about her that when she was a little girl, she was so passionate about Jesus. I mean, she would preach about God in front of the whole congregation like at five, six, seven, eight years old. And so they would always um, remind her, hey, Gigi, re- re- I remember that girl who was once on fire for, for God, you know. And so what happened was along the way, circumstances came in her life where it kind of choked out the love for God, her passion for God. And so what happened was um, maybe in her early teens, Gigi's sister commo- committed suicide. And she committed suicide because we later find out that her uncle molested her over and over so I'm sorry I ruined the, the show for you uh, but it's not it's not all of it but uh, no one knows in the show until later on but anyway she, she she runs away and so the beginning of the show she finally returns for the reunion of her sister's death and so she comes back and she's not the same woman I mean she left to run away from her pain she left to run away from the things that that reminded her of her sister and And when she came back, she was kind of cold and and they asked her to preach and she didn't want to preach. And they asked her to to automatically go back to where she used to be and she just wasn't there. And so life circumstances kind of put her in a place where she was distant and from the things of God. And and so maybe she was angry at God, maybe she was angry at life, but I just use that as an example from a scripture I want to use right now. See, the apostle John we know him as the apostle of of um, God's beloved or the apostle in whom Jesus loved. We see that a couple of times throughout the gospels, yeah? You guys you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So we even see in the gospel of John, 1st and 2nd John all about love. He's talking about love. But who's ever written the book of uh, the book of Revelation? Okay? It's definitely a complex book to read <laughs> full of symbolism. Um you know many people believe that <clears throat> well we know that it's about the apocalypse it's about the end times right it's about the end of the world but john at the end of his life when he was isolated he, i believe he was the last apostle to be alive the rest were martyred so he was the last person to be alive and so he got a vision from god in old age isolated on an island and the Lord began to show him things about the churches in his day. There were seven churches that he was speaking to. And so scholars believe that he he was speaking to the churches of his his day right then and there and throughout the history since. And so John writes to these seven churches. And so I'll try to say these churches' names the best I can. But so the, the church of Laodicea, and he wrote to them, because... Because they were lukewarm, uh, God had to spit them out of his mouth. They were neither hot nor cold. To the church of Philadelphia, this church was steadfast in faith. They had kept God's word and endured patiently. To the church of Sardis, the church that had come that had a good name, cautioned to fortify it itself and return to God through repentance. The church of um, Thyatira, if I said it correctly, the church known for its charity, for its good deeds, whose latter works were greater than the former works, but they also had one thing that was against them, that they held to the teachings of a false prophetess. And the church of Pergamon, the church located at Satan's seat, needed to repent for allowing false teachers in their camp. And the church of uh, Simira, the church admired for its tribulation and poverty, even in their suffering persecution. And the last church that I want to talk about, the church of Ephesus, which we got Paul when he wrote the book of Ephesians. John, later on in his life, goes back and says to the book of Ephesus, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Ephesians there, in Revelations 2, 1 to 5, we could put the scripture up, if uh, Revelations 2, 1 to 5. But first I want to say, these these writings to the churches were both for encouragement but also for correction and so God really guys God led me to the scripture it's definitely based upon I know that God wants to speak to you guys today um if you guys are willing to receive all right let's look to the scripture you ready in revelations 2 1 to 5 it says to the angel of the church in Ephesus right the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand the one who walks among, this, among the seven golden lampstands says this. Now I want you to pay attention. I know your deeds and your toil and your perseverance, and that you cannot tolerate evil men. And you put to test those who call themselves apostles, and they are not. And you found them to be false. And you have perseverance and have endured for my name's sake and have not grown weary. But I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Therefore, remember from where you have fallen and repent and do the deeds you did at first. Or else I am coming to you and will remove your lampstand out of its place unless you repent. Oh, Jesus, someone swallows, go, that's heavy. <laughs> and so, you know, in reading this scripture, I'm like, God, in verse, in verse 2, where it's saying, okay, I see. I see your good deeds. I, I see that you guys go to church. I do. I see that you persevere. I see that you believe in the word of God. I, I see that you, you resist against sin. I see that you have discernment and you could point out the false people from the real people who are authentic or are not. But you could do all that and still not be in love with God? Ooh, okay. So so what, what did I do to lose my way? Well, what do I do to get back? What did I do at first that you're telling me that I need to go back to God? I mean, because clearly these things that I'm doing that you're saying are good and it seems that we're supposed to be doing, you're saying they're good, but you have this against us? That we left our first love? Oh, man. So what were the things that you did when you first came to Christ? Well, Joey, I could just say for me, I mean, Joey, you spend massive amounts of time with Jesus and reading the Bible. You know Why? because I wanted to, (laughs) because I sincerely wanted to, because when God came into my life, no one had to stick a gun to me and tell me I had to, (laughs) because I really wanted to, and when you really have an encounter with God, these things are out of hunger, out uh, out of a quest to know who this Jesus is more, Two, I, I talked to everyone about Jesus. I, I literally spoke to everyone at the malls, the trains, schools, buses, etc. No one told me I had to do it. No one said, well, this is when you have to do it or how you had to do it. Yes, I was ignorant on fire, or, <laughs> but I, the, the enthusiasm was there and the passion was there, even though I might I not have known everything, but it's better than knowing everything and not having any passion or enthusiasm Or not being on fire for God I started the dance team I used my gift for God and I used it and then we shared our testimonies no one could deny of your testimony right I didn't know what to say but I knew that Jesus changed my life so me and other people we would we would set up shop in the ferry we would set up shop in front of the mall and we would break dance and then we would draw a crowd and once they were there we would share our testimony Yo, listen, I was empty. I was hooked on drugs. I was once lost, but now I'm found. God has changed my life. Everything I do, I do for God. Where are you at? I bet you you're in the same place, blah, blah, blah. And no one told me I had to do that. I just did it. And my desires changed. My primary goal anymore wasn't materialism, things that could fade away, even though it was good. I I didn't strive for that but it was to make Jesus famous. It wasn't to make myself famous anymore. I was trying to, in the beginning, when I was trying to be uh, a, a, a pop star or something, you know. It's kind of corny these days, yeah, but I was, I was NSYNC and Backstreet Boys back then. There to pop. All right. But my, 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 my main goal, my whole life's purpose became because of my encounter with God the same way Paul encountered God was now I was ruined for life. But where am I now? Where are you now? As I speak right now, each one of you, God's speaking to you individually, and you're examining exactly what I'm saying. And even though my story might not be your story, and your beginning, your first love might not be my first love. I'm sorry, the same first love, but how you responded. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly the zeal, the excitement, the passion I'm talking about. So where are you now? Joey, do you do ministry for God casually without God in it? Do you, are you getting used to the momentum and um, the normal ways of doing church? We love God, but there's no zeal behind it. Has, has my prayer life dwindled, become slim to none apart from when I'm in church? See, these are the signs that you've left your first love. Because when you're in love with someone, you would do anything, about, anything for them. When you're in love with someone, you, you talk about them. You, no one has to tell you to go out of your way, yeah? But when you lose that, these are the signs. You lost your first love. You, you don't spend enough time with me. I don't wake up extra early not that I have to because I wanted to. Yeah, and everyone's schedule is different, and yeah, everyone has different circumstances, but I could go back and say, wow, I actually worked up at 5 or 6 o'clock in the morning even though I was so tired, but God moved in that. He He spoke out of that because I was hungry. I was hungry. Has life's tribulations made you cold towards the things of God? Do you know the church culture extremely well? Do you know the words to say, the things you do, but you don't know the living God? Do you really tell people about God or share your testimony? Man, I got to be honest. To a big degree, I've changed a whole lot. Life has thrown lots of different circumstances in my life from when I was a teenager. Some has been knowledge of a lot of things. Some has been um, family death. Some has been circumstances, maybe some church hurt. But I know I'm nowhere near as on fire as I was when I first got saved. Not even close. There's so many things I think about that stop me from doing what I once did. Maybe you could ask yourself, what in my life have I allowed to stop me from eagerly seeking God, from eagerly telling people about him, and eagerly and hungrily stepping out in faith, whatever it takes. Where where are you today? Where are you in this equation? I'm not saying that everyone's here in this place right now, but I'm saying that God's speaking to individuals and the church. Listen, to be honest, it's not an easy word for me to share. A lot of times we, we focus on God's love and magnify his love for us. <clears throat> and that is the message of grace us responding to that. But I believe that there's a missing element because a relationship is two ways. It's not one way. And so our our response and our faith and what we do in this life matters. We could waste it or we could do what we're called to do. And so <clears throat> I heard someone say this On TV, a pastor, he said, each one of us could have as much of God as we want. What, Who God is and what he possesses is absolutely limitless potential for you, limitless unconditional love, limitless giftings and power. And so... You want a little of God? Well, that's all you're going to get. You want a Sunday God? Well, that's all you're going to get. You want a God to help you through just tough situations? Well, that's all you're going to get. You want a, a free jail card out of hell, but not a relationship with him? You you might just get that because God's so merciful. But that's all you're going to get. But if you want an everyday kind of God, that's what you're going to get. If you want the miraculous on a daily basis, I promise you, you'll have it. If you want to hear God's voice and be in communion with him, you can have it. If you want to show your your loved ones, your friends, your neighbors, everyone around you, tell them about Jesus, and you want to see God come down and move in powerful ways, you can have it. It is there for you. If you want to see heaven invade earth and the supernatural become natural to you, You can have it. It's all up to you. (laughs) Jeremiah 29 13, it says, if you put the scripture up, it says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Some of the things, listen, some of the things God reveals, yes, are in His Word, yeah? We could all read the Word of God. Yes, we could all read the Word. But some things are only revealed. As an escort of hunger check it out so there are things that are okay I know the scripture I know what it says but revelation of it a new facet of who God really is in your life or what he's sharing to you will only come if you make yourself available to listen will make your heart open to receive so many of our hearts are, are, are hardened, and so we've only allowed God pieces. We've only given God so much room. And so what I said before, we, go on, we only allow God certain parts of our hearts and our lives, and, and that we all allow God as much room as we want him to have. And so the things that God wants to reveal on a deeper level come as if you were seeking for treasure So if you seek God as if you were seeking treasure, which is rare, even though God has not made himself so scarce. Is there something on my neck? (laughs) I feel like there's a bug that's hacking me right now. (laughs) Oh, my God. I feel like someone's, like, playing with my hair hair or something. (laughs) Oh, my Lord. Me and you, Holy Spirit. (laughs) Then... That, that chase, that hunger is the very essence that God pulls from. Okay, my son, keep coming. Keep going deeper. Keep listening. Even if, I, even if you're not hearing anything, even if nothing's changing, I admire, I desire your craving for my presence. I long to see my son or my daughter sit at my feet and not leave until something happens. Not leave until the power of God shakes that room. Not leave until you hear God's voice to do something you would never do unless you stayed there. And that is where your life really changes. That is where I did the things I used to do. I spent 99% of my time before God and 1% of my time out there doing as an overflow of everything I was getting in my personal relationship. And that, as Pastor always says, you could do more, so much more changes, so much more if you live that way than trying to do it all in your own strength, doing things for God and getting burned out and not even knowing why you do it anymore and your first love being empty. And it's like, I'm doing this for God, but, like, God's over there. It's like, hold up, God, I, uh, I'm doing this for you. Give me a second. And he's over there somewhere. And we get into this motion Oh, man, God wants to reveal himself in so many new ways. Are you hungry today? Listen, the message here today is to pull from your hearts, to pull from you guys that God, God wants a people that would seek him earnestly. He says, you would seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. Not some of your heart. Someone say all of your heart. So what was the last time you personally got a revelation from God? Ask yourself that. When was the last time that you were alone with God and God literally opened your eyes and was like, boom. Yo, I never saw it like that. That is amazing. And you got so excited over it. When was the last time that happened instead of relying on the leftover meat the preacher gives? And so every Sunday you get that good word that, that the preacher spent hours and hours and hours doing and preparing for and seeking God on your behalf. And so you get what he's, what he's sharing, and that is good. We need that. But what does your prayer life look like during the week? Seriously. I mean, each one of us could be real, and I know mine could be a million times better. So I'm being real. And so what does what's my life look like when no one's looking Am I doing the things I would do in public for people to see privately? Is that who I am? Or is that just a show? I'm just just saying. This is good, guys. Someone's saying, mmm, so good. (laughs) James 4.8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Man, (laughs) it's so easy to Say the right words, but not live out the word, or, or do, or say the right words, and not live this life in a right way. And many of us tend to use Facebook as, and even myself, could easily throw up quotes. I throw up quotes every day because I want to I want to inspire people, I want to help people. You know, you might you guys might see it in the hearts of heart counseling, and many of us do it. You know, we can use we use Facebook and Instagram as a platform for ministry. But a lot of times that's just kind of like an easy scapegoat for the reality of what it really means to make disciples or what it really means to share the gospel. So people from the outside looking like wow he's mad deep. He he's got he's got deep stuff. When really you copy and paste it off of Google and you just re, you you know <laughs> and you just posted it up. You didn't come up with it. Nine out of ten times you didn't. And so it's amazing that we do that, but if we get back to what the word says and we get back to the essentials and we get back to what it means to follow Jesus, I guarantee you your world will change way more than what we're doing now. I promise you. And I, I promise you I'm speaking to myself as well as you guys. Matthew 7, 21 to 23. I'm sorry for you guys to hit you again with the Ezekiel. It's just, It's scripture. <laughs> And as it goes along with what God is saying. So <clears throat> it's possible when you read this, distinguishing people who, who will go to heaven who won't. I'm just I'm just reading In Matthew 7 to 21, 23, it says, not everyone, not everyone, who says to me, Lord, Lord. So there will be people who say, Lord, Lord. There are people who, there are people among you that come to church, that sit next to you, that Possibly might lift their hands. They, they might. They might possibly even say with their mouth, Lord, Lord, we will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone, but only those who do the will of my father who was in heaven will enter it. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in, and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform many miracles? And then the Lord says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So clearly, this is an image of of people who didn't know God, but were trying to do the things that the people who knew God did. And so they saw people healing people, and they were trying to do the same thing, and nothing would happen. Or maybe it did because of God's grace, because God wanted to heal people, but they had no clue who Jesus was. They did not know him personally whatsoever. And so whether you just come to know Christ or whether you've been saved for a long time, doesn't matter. The person who was next to Jesus who only asked at all his mess and all his, uh, his guiltiness on the, on the side of the cross with Christ just said, will you remember me? He didn't do anything after that. He just just made it to heaven, basically, yeah? And God's forgiveness is there. But to those who are still living, I might have a good start, but where am I during this journey? Have I lost my way? Have I stopped following what God has showed me over my life, that you will speak to thousands, that you will, that you will touch so many youth that don't know where they're going and that you go to direct them to me? Have you gotten caught up with the cares of the world? Man, there's so many things in this world that could easily entangle us so many things, yet we're where we're, we're grace, sorry, where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more, all the more, and so as the worship team comes up, just to pr- play a little softly, there's a lot of things I want to share, for the believer, for those who already know God, for those who already encountered Jesus, you, you know what I'm talking about, you know, in your mind, you're reminiscing on the times where you went out of your way and <clears throat> you made that phone call because you felt that someone was gonna, gonna commit suicide and you know what they were going through, and you called them up and you said, Hey, stop what you're doing. You went out of your way to tell them about God. Guys, do you have that same fervor as you once had? Is the reason behind what you're doing the essential reason that matters? God is building his church. That means he's building his people. That could be in a home. That could be in a building. No matter where you are, that's where the church happens. That's where the kingdom comes. We see Jesus going everywhere, place to place, and demonstrating the kingdom right where the people were. Man, this word is for somebody. Can anyone raise their hand and tell me if this word has touched your heart? Listen, if you might be the person where you like, uh, I get glimpses of what you're saying, Pastor Joey, but I never really had that. I never really had that encounter with God. Yeah, I was passionate about a woman. I thought I was in love. And yeah, I was passionate um, about a craft, that I had a craft in my life that I made an idol. I made a woman an idol, but I never really was in love with this guy you're talking about. I definitely been to church. I definitely know a lot of scriptures. I definitely know the God's coming back, but my heart is not there. My, I see what you're saying, and I feel God tugging at pieces of my heart, but I, honestly, truly, I've been coming here, and I just really never have given it all. I've never been there. Amen. I love that song where it says, coming back to the heart of worship it's all about you, it's all about you Jesus. Man when <clears throat> it's so easy to do things for God um, and get caught up in things that we think God wants as the scripture says but if our hearts are not tender and willing and open to do whatever it means to have Jesus for whatever it takes. Paul says to one of the churches, I believe it was Corinth, he says, I have not come to you in persuasion of words to, make, to try to convince you of this Jesus. I've come to you in demonstrating this Jesus, in power, in glory. Let me show you this Jesus. You're blind, receive your sight. Let me show you how much God loves you. Do we yearn for the presence when we used to? When you do, you will see the supernatural take place more in your life. And your faith will increase more and more in your life than you had ever seen it before. You will unlock keys in your life that God has been wanting to open, but there's no way for you to get there. By your own efforts, efforts, by your own intellectual knowledge, by you following church culture... These things are secondary, they're good, but they're not what's gonna change hearts. It is Jesus alone. If you want to see people in China who are in homes multiplying by the thousands and thousands who only care if they get a chance to pray. If they only care if they get a chance to be on their face and, and get healed and when, when persecution happens. Man, it's easy in America where we are spoiled. The truth is I'm spoiled. I don't receive persecution. The way these people do. So I don't know where it is, but I, I heard a couple of pastors say, Man, the more persecuted we are, the more we grow. The more, the more they come to to kill us or to stop us and shut us up, the more we spread the word, the more people are getting saved. There's thousands of them and thousands of them. Oh man, maybe we the church, if you guys could stand up. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.